Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning. This is your host of the K Factor, or K equals kindness, and the factors are all the things that lead to it. It is yet another beautiful day out here. And what makes for a beautiful day? Well, if you've opened up your eyes today and you can see, and you can take in the aromas around you, and you are able to hear what's happening, and you're mobile, you can move. Whether you're able to move on your own or even if you're able to move with assistance, that's a beautiful day because you're alive. This is another opportunity for us to engage in the world, pursue what we love, allow ourselves to feel the passion about it, and to think. When we have all of that going on, we all ought to be in a position of gratitude, saying thank you, and then move forward to make the best of it. So making the best of it here at the K-Factor really means adopting the perspective that the currency in this life is really kindness. We can get anything, anything in this world that we have a positive intention and a clean, healthy desire for if there is kindness that's genuine at the core of it. And every single guest that I invite onto this platform, this show, demonstrates that in so many ways. You've heard me talk so much over the last year or so about my Philadelphia group. This is a group of people that comes together in a group called Quantum Leap where we are all dedicated to exactly what I'm talking about. We want to be so filled with gratitude because we're so filled with passion about what it is that we're doing in this life to leave our mark on the world that we can't contain ourselves and we are eager to take quantum leaps to be able to get where we have a vision of landing for the benefit of others. And today's guest is no exception. This is Kindy Gill, who's one of my wonderful friends from the Quantum Leap Group. And she she really struck me when I met her with her her gentility. She is a beautiful woman. She is a kind spirit, and her sweetness and goodness, I think, will come through very nicely in this interview. So I want to welcome my guest today, Kindy Gill. Hi, Kindy. How are you today? Hi, Deb. Thank you very much for having me here today. Oh, how have you been? I am really good. Really, Right now, in a really, really good place. So it's and, and just... It's, Describe for us what that means when you say you're in a really, really good place, because that's a great place to start. What's good? What that really means for me is when the voice inside my head isn't chattering and making a noise that's self-destructive. So, I mean, all of us have this little sort of nuisance voice that uh, can be critical, very self-judgmental, always evaluating, always trying to direct and push for more. And sometimes it becomes our worst enemy, too, because it makes the most amount of noise against us, accusing us of something that we've done wrong or wanting us to feel guilty or shameful about some action, etc., or reprimanding us for some perceived mistake, whatever it might be. 
And the reason why I'm saying that I right now I feel really, really good is my voice has become incredibly kind towards me. Um, it had the capacity to be able to show kindness to others, but really its capacity to be truly, truly kind towards me all the time was somewhat limited in the years that I've been working on myself. And right now there's a lot of peace and a lot of gentility directed at the key person that matters first, which is me. And then from there, everything else that I share with the world genuinely is from the same, same space that I am actually at myself. Mm-hmm. So how did you arrive here? What is it that happened that get you that got you to be in this place? Um, in truth, a lot of suffering because, well, actually, there's two stories to that. One is my childhood because my, your parents always give you a clue to what you're really here for. And um, at a very young age, I found myself always having to assist my mother because she was sick with um, various problems, but mostly with her legs. And somehow there became this burning desire inside me that there needs to be a proactive solution to health. And I knew that hers was very much about being dependent on doctors and people outside of her to give her ideas, and they weren't necessarily giving her the results. The other is my father, who somehow just oozed heart and oozed love. And so between the two of them, I had this sort of thing growing up where I loved, loved the love, and I loved this idea of proactive solution to health. And so then there was this one piece missing, and that was, what's my edge? And my edge seemed to be about sharing and teaching. So that became like the model of what I wanted to aspire to become or somehow be. Um, But somehow life doesn't necessarily take us down the route of like the closest way to achieve these things. And I ended up um, following my corporate career. I was a consultant, a, um, a chief executive for a company, um, spent 17 years there, got very burnt out being at the very, very top, running a company with 3,500 people. And that came to a grinding halt in 2004. And then in 2005, my sister had a terrible car accident in which she became paralyzed. And those two events really shook me to the core, not understanding why this type of sort of change comes to your life And it began to shake my sanity, like my mental sanity, because I didn't understand really why we need to be inflicted with pain and grief. And then to top it all, we then decided to relocate and we moved from England to Canada. And I got ripped away from my family structure, my friends, my old identity, everything I perceived and knew about myself that held me together. And for the first time in my life, ended up facing me um, and thus, facing the head inside my head um, and the voice. Um, and that gave me the opportunity to start turning things around and start reevaluating what really, really mattered. So there's two really essences as to what brought me to where I'm at right now. One of it was suffering and the other element was actually the values that I grew up with from my, my upbringing. That that is actually as much as I hear agony in that. That's really beautiful because the love that you got from your parents really inspired you to be the loving person that I've been able to meet. And as you're talking about the needs of your mother, all of that love allowed you to see 
how graceful she was and grace-filled she was in the midst of needing your help. And it sounds to me like you developed a strong sense of compassion. And in the work that you did as a as a leader of many people, it's really easy to get stolen away from your own self, your own core, because you're leading so many people you have to stay on top of the game for them that makes that's you very right. external for yourself, right? That's right. And that's what drives me so much now is because really my key message is who's looking after you? And I call it inward leadership. And the who's looking after you comes back to these people that are in these roles of leadership, both at work and at home, where they're obliged to offer so much and the energy is going outwards that there's very little left for them to service their own needs. And my work is helping people to actually find a way of servicing their own needs in such a revolutionary way that once it's done, it's done, and there's a permanent change that happens for you. And therefore, the lightness and the respite that you feel and the internal peace that you feel starts to resonate and starts to be shared with everything outside of you, that really your effects outside of you become exponentially better and more effective, but with less effort and less stress. So there's like a win-win formula that comes into this world because we're doing both. We're helping ourselves and simultaneously elevating the world around us. Mm-hmm. So in your work, you've you've realized these things with the work that you've done to get your mind and your heart and your spirit healthy. What what um what are what are three tips that you can share with our listening audience about how to do that? Because you've mm. described something enormous. We want to give people some direction here. So are there mm-hmm. like three things that you could advise people to do that you have found to be really helpful? Okay. Um, the first tip would be that whatever is happening in your life, needs to happen. So Mm -hmm. there needs to be a sense of relaxation that each person needs to embody, sort of a sense of acceptance that where we're at in that moment is exactly what we need. Whether that feels heavy or whether it feels exhilarating isn't, isn't really the issue here. Where we're at is where we're supposed to be. So a sense of relaxation that we can allow ourselves because from that sense of relaxation comes another space which is this creative pool that we all have access to that allows us then to feed into the lessons behind those experiences that we're having. So my number one tip is relax. You're where you're at is where you need to be. The golden um, space from that point onwards is now to find what is it that we're supposed to be learning out of that experience. Mm. The second tip is every single one of us is absolutely capable. We're all magnificent. We all come from a source energy that is so powerful, and we all have access to that same strength inside us. So we are absolutely capable. 
we might have our mind telling us that at a moment in time that we feel like a victim or that we're feeling helpless or the situation feels like it's got out of control. But the truth is, the truth is we are actually capable. So that's the second tip. Relax and then accept that actually you are capable. And once you get to that space of knowing that, yes, there is a magnificence inside me and all I've now got to do is direct my energy towards it, it's amazing, Deb, how many answers come flying at us that are exactly the next step that we need to take. And in my case, what happened was a book fell off the shelf and this book was called In Search of the Miraculous, Healing into (laughs) Consciousness. And exactly as the title says, In Search of the Miraculous is exactly at that time what I thought I was looking for. But the amazing thing was that this book, and I've read it 20, 30 times um, since, no exaggeration, and I've had it on my bookshelf and by my bedside since 2008. Every time I read it, it feels like it's a golden treasure of more and more tips that I can now utilize in my life. And... What it does is this book helped me to get a context of my potential and also a context of what the suffering is about and a context of why we as human beings go through these things because really we're here to evolve into bigger creatures. And in order to evolve, it's like a diamond, you know, like a diamond that goes through the fire and and for it to sparkle and it, for it to be ex, as superb as it is, it needs to have that friction and it needs to go through that fire. The same thing is happening to us as human beings. And so these answers come, and for me, the answer that came that revolutionized my life is a technique called the Dalian Method. And I'm now a facilitator of the self-healing Dalian Method, one of 11 people in the world. And that technique is like an antiviral program for sort of human beings and to my mind it's basically like the clue that it's like the glue that undoes that negative talk inside our heads so how do you spell dalian for our listeners the word dalian is spelled d-a-l-i-a-n so it's dalian method and with that that contained within the pages of the book that you were reading? It's contained actually um, within a second book <laughs> that I helped to create. Um, the lady that created the method is called Eliza Madadalian, and she um, is a profound mystic, one of these very, very rare gifted human beings that we find on this planet. And with that amazing gift that she has, she created this technique And then in October 2014, she released the self-healing version of this technique so we can utilize it at home on our own um, in the space of our own privacy and we can become empowered to actually find these parts inside our bodies that often we are longing for but we just don't know how to access. Mm. And so how did you get to be one of the 11 people who got her special training? Um, I started, um, when I first discovered her book in 2008, um, um, 
I had read basically about two to three paragraphs of the first page. And there, there were tears rolling down my face because it had hit me that I had found what I'd been looking for. It was like that one moment where, wow, I've landed. And yet the tears were of grief as well as of exhilaration because there was a lot that I needed to address inside me. And I started to immediately Google and say, look, where is this author and what, what is she doing and et cetera, et cetera. And much to my delight, I actually found that she lived on my doorstep in Vancouver, in the city that I had emigrated to. Um, and more wonder than that was that she had this profound technique that she was helping people with on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So I booked to go and see her, and I visited her in October 2008. And just to put an analogy to it, it was almost like sort of going through a washing machine and coming out brand new, except that I did that all in a cycle of like one and a half hours because the session takes one and a half hours. And mm -hmm. after that, I committed seven years to working alongside her, traveling all over the world with her, as well as working on myself. Because there's nothing, nothing as powerful as understanding your own psychology. Because once you understand your own, you are that much more loving and that much more forgiving and that much more accepting of the psychology of everybody you encounter too because you know yourself so intimately and everything that's going on inside you is actually going on in other people too. And so mm. I dedicated seven years of my life in understanding myself. And what that meant was I understood the good qualities inside myself but simultaneously, I took the courage to look at the qualities inside myself that weren't serving me either. And that's hard for most of us to acknowledge, that sometimes there is that voice inside our, side, inside our head that can compare to another human being or that can become jealous of another human being or that wants to compete or that actually secretly wants to pull somebody down. Or that there's these aspects of us that we just don't know why they exist. And once we start unearthing all those aspects, we're left with nothing but just the treasures. And then from that place, every, everything we're putting into the world is coming from the heart and it's coming from a good place. And, and therefore you get supported and therefore automatically your impact is that much greater because you're now doing it from um, the genuine source energy that exists inside all of us, and that's available in all of us. So for seven years, I committed to doing that. And then in last October, when um, she released the self-healing Dalian method, simultaneously she started taking applications of people that had been through her programs and had met all her prerequisites of people that now wanted to share this work directly themselves. And she chose 11 people from all over the world. And I was one of the 11, and I went through some formal training at the beginning of the year um, to get myself ready to do that. She's got a pretty amazing website. Yes. So, okay, so those are your two tips. And then what would be the third tip? My final tip is... Um, when I said that the solutions come your way, like each piece of the solution that comes your way, and in my case it was the self-healing Dalian method and the Dalian method prior to that, 
So each person that's listening to me on this call, their tips and their solutions will resonate with who they are. Because we all have had an individual journey, and that individual journey has prepared us absolutely to bring our unique essence into this world. So my journey had actually opened up all these doors to be able to do what I'm doing today with you in this interview and what I'm doing in the world. So if you have found yourself being trained in yoga or if you've been trained in sort of academia or if you've been trained in the business world, all of that is relevant to exactly the solutions that are about to turn up at your doorstep because they're all part of how these little gifts inside you are going to be used in the world but also are going to charge you with this joy and this exhilaration that comes from inside. So it's like almost letting everybody know that your unique essence, your individuality has a purpose and there's these little treasures and gifts stored inside you that are the fuel to give you the love and the joy that you actually want for yourself, but also will expand the world. And that's why my business is called Spark Expansion, because I know that all I'm doing is sparking these lights and these opportunities and moments to get some expansion going for whoever I'm talking to. So mm, that, there's a purpose to is, you. There's a purpose to you. That that is absolutely beautiful. So spark expansion. <clears throat> if people go to their um, Facebook page and click into the search bar and uh, and enter spark expansion, what they're going to find is you, Kendi Gill, as a keynote speaker. And your page is here, which I am, of course, very much liking, figuratively. <laughs> and and you are really, you're really building this page to get. And you just started this, and did you? You just started this recently, right? That's right. This I page. started this. Yeah, I started this at the beginning of this year, around February time, this year. And what I've started to do is share my teachings. And what I do is I, I put little aspects of my own story in there too because it's very important for everybody to understand the humanness of us. And, and we're able to relate to one another through that human nature. And when we, when we see people's foibles and we see people's attributes, we, we connect and we can see, okay, this person's a family person, this person is a business person, this person, you know, um, believes in this ethos, and this is how she's aspiring to get here. So what I do is I take aspects of my life, and I take aspects of big concepts, and I merge the two in my teachings so that people can see in a practical way how you can bridge that gap of the humanness of how we live and how we can bridge that gap to this higher plane that comes through consciousness. And I'm doing all of mine through this practical tool called the Dalian Method. And it doesn't matter to me what practical tool anybody else is using. If they resonate with mine, fantastic. If they resonate with another one that they've got already in their life, brilliant. But the point is that we're all moving to this higher plane of consciousness that unites us, basically. And what comes down to when you talk about the kindness factor, Deb, 
That yeah. kindness becomes so natural. It is your state. It just is who you are. And it's ironic. My name is Kindy, and I often say to people it's like kind with an eye on the end. I mean, it's the name I was given from birth. And yeah. often what happens is we find ourselves wanting to share kindness in the world because we have experienced suffering. And we know what that feels like, and we know that there's hardship in it, and we also know the respite and the healing that comes out of actually sharing kindness. And so for me, every element that we take about healing ourselves and shifting what's happening for ourselves internally automatically brings us into this plane of greater kindness for ourselves and for other people. It's just a natural byproduct. Yeah. I love that. So, and it happens spontaneously, so you can't ask for more. Can you tell us something about the Dalian method mm-hmm. to give us a good feel for what you're talking about in terms of when you're when you're saying that you're studying? Because when we and and let me let me just explain why I'm asking you to to mm-hmm. come at it from another angle. When we have learned something. <clears throat> We have incubated it and processed it, and when we come to share it with others, it can sound intriguing and interesting, and then people walk away after hearing about it, and they say, you know, I really don't know what I'm what I'm thinking about here. I'm not really sure, That's but right. I know it's but I don't really know what I'm talking about. So what are we talking about with this? Okay, so it's approximately one and a half hour process. So it has a beginning and an end, and it's an interactive process. It's available on a CD. So for all intents and purposes, you can more or less accept that the CD is like a set of instructions that must be followed from beginning to end. The set of instructions are made of three elements. One involves our breath, so we breathe and I will explain in a few moments as to how we breathe. The second element is our voice, so therefore we speak, and again, we speak in a certain way, so I'll share that with you too. And the third element is our wisdom, which is innate in all of us. So the process involves breath, out loud expression, and wisdom. Now, with the breath, we are asked to breathe systematically through different parts of the body. So certain parts of our body store trauma, unlived experiences, history, upset, hidden beliefs. Other parts of our body actually have the reasons behind why those experiences happened. And other parts of our body actually have the capacity to erase those traumatic experiences. So what the breath is doing is the breath is moving in a calculated order. So it goes from the feet, and this is an example I'm sharing, it goes from the feet to the hips, to the back, lower back, up to the heart, to the back of the head, and it's systematic. So the way that matter created it was she found that if you move from the heart to the back of the head, 
a certain thing happens inside a human being. And then from that moment, if you move to the third eye, then it releases it. So the breath actually is guided in the CD and we breathe in this manner. So we take an internal breath through our nose and then at the end of the process, and the middle part of the process involves the expression, the end of the process we then breathe again and it's an external breath, it's outward. So, so when I'm saying it's systematic, when we go through our feet, we imagine that we're actually breathing through our feet as if we are feeling the air coming out of, our, out of our feet. When we're imagining it going through our heart, we're doing the same thing. So in and out. The middle part, the expression that I referred to, is out loud expression. And it's always in the first person, and it's always in your native language, and it's always personal to your life. And so the way that the system is created the cells in your body automatically wake up what they need you to say. So I'll give you an example. Typically, we don't go around in the world saying, I'm afraid. We wouldn't say that to anybody. We would hide that sort of feeling. So what this system does is it helps you to unearth anything that you're hiding. So I'll give you an example. So it would be, say, for example, through your chest, you might say, I love you. Well, we, we, some people find it very easy to say, I love you. Others find it much more difficult to do that. But very, very few people would ever acknowledge that they dislike somebody. They would internalize that feeling. And nobody would ever acknowledge that they dislike themselves. They would internalize those feelings. So what this system does is it takes you from different parts of the body using breath and out loud expression. And by the time you finish the one and a half hour process, you've unearthed the things that you don't want and you automatically bring in the wisdom that's tucked in inside you to the surface. And so by the time you finish the process, you become incredibly empowered and you'll end up with an awareness like, I love myself, I know I'm a good person. I know that I um, uh, have the power inside. I know what I need to do next. I can trust myself. All these awarenesses become your solid truth, and you don't lose them. And mm. what happens in your psychology is the voice inside your head changes, but best of all, your vibration changes, so the world outside of you changes. So the friction, the challenges, the issues from your health perspective, they start correcting themselves. So in my case, um, I used to suffer from really terrible migraines. They all dissolved. I had really bad menstrual problems. They dissolved. I had severe back pain. That dissolved. I had severe neck, knee pain. That dissolved. So what happens with this system is it automatically resets all the cells in the body, and so the ailments all start healing themselves. Mm. Is you, that more you, practical? Does that help? Holy cow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's really, really perfect. And so <clears throat> how long did it take you of practicing before you felt results? 
Okay, so this is the bit that always is tough for my viewers to accept, um, but is sacred truth. Every session that you have, so every one and a half hour experience, guarantees you a result. Mm-hmm. Categorically guarantees you a result because it's a formula, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. End, start to end, consciousness <laughs> comes in, there's always a change. So when I say that I went to see Matter in October 2008, by the time I came out one and a half hours later, I felt like a renewed person. I had no idea why at that time. All I knew was that that heaviness and that sort of feeling that I had inside my chest and in my stomach no longer existed. And internally, I felt incredibly light. And I also saw that my behavior had changed where I would have held back in certain situations, suddenly I had the voice to speak, suddenly I had the capacity to deal with it because so much fear had been removed. But what happens is the minute you've actually then embodied that new state, because life wants us to be magnificent, and as Marianne Williamson says, you know, to step into that light because it's really that huge light that we're more afraid of than any of our darkness or our shadow. So what happens is existence says, great, great news. You've just now healed this part inside you. You're now ready to do more. And so it will bring up a glitch somewhere else. So you might end up with a slight knee pain somewhere or a shoulder pain or a headache or whatever it might be that's happening for you or a stressful situation that you're encountering in life. And so that becomes my ticket that says, right, okay, more. More's coming, another opportunity. So then I go through the process again. And so I've been doing that since October 2008 until the current time. And I can safely say to you that it was like a drop, like a snowball, right, that was sort of coming down the mountain. To start with, it was a small ball, And so the voice inside my head was becoming clearer and more kinder and nicer to the people around me. But as it snowballed down and down and down, it became huge, like this massive thing that now overrides any of the noise that it was having before that gave me the impression that life was sort of like half empty. So it goes Mm -hmm. from like a half empty syndrome to a half cup full, you know, syndrome and it's like a snowball that just escalates and escalates and escalates. And as it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, there's less and less and less work that you have to do on yourself. Hmm. So, <clears throat> Kindy, are you a person who thinks of yourself as a a keynote speaker, or are you a healer, <laughs> or are you... I'm... Deb, I basically am a speaker that inspires Uh people through my own stories and inspires people through examples of things that I have lived and examples of what I've witnessed. Then what I do is at the end of my keynote speeches, I offer people an opportunity to come to workshops either on a group basis or on individual forums because the real work is the work that we do at a practical level to heal ourselves. And at that practical level, I offer various things. I offer one-on-one assistance because once a person knows on a one-on-one basis how to work with the technique, 
they're, they're done. They can get on with it and do what they need to on their own. And if they ever come across an area where they feel a little bit too stuck or a little bit too identified with it, they know where to come to get a little bit more help. But they got their independence in the meantime. Some people don't like one-on-one help. They prefer to be in a group environment because the group energy is the best way that they learn. And so I offer group workshops. So I will do those two things at a practical level to get people started and capable of becoming independent. But the way that I go about all of this is through my speaking first. So much like we're doing today, I'm having a conversation with you, which is really a conversation about my life inspired by the questions that you're posing. But then at the end of this conversation, somebody needs to do something practical. And that practicality happens either on -on one-on-one experiences or through workshops or on their own independently because the way that Mada created the book in October 2014 when she launched her new book is self-sufficient. The first half explains the method. The second half is a workbook that people can utilize on their own. And then because the CDs are in there, they can follow the instructions. So they may not want the facilitator at the early stages. And many of our Quantum Leap colleagues have actually bought the package and started working on it on their own because they had already been doing so much healing on themselves anyway. And others say, I need some help give me the first clue on this, and then they, they get going after that. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of, um, one of the things I love about our Quantum Leap group, um, and for all of our listeners, if you're interested in knowing more about this Quantum Leap group, uh, all you have to do is Google Steve Harrison's name, and you can you can discover what is available for you there. But one of the things I love about the idea of a masterminded group is that when it's truly masterminding, people are coming together who are very different from one another. If you're in a group of of friends and you think that you're masterminding, not really doing what Napoleon Hill had put together. It's not about sitting around and doing group support or group think. It's about masterminding, and it's masterful because you are coming together with people who have very different backgrounds, are from very different places. It's true diversity, and I don't mean by gender and by race. I mm-hmm. mean in everything and where you're from in the world. And we all come together in Quantum Leap as people who really want an exquisite life experience, and we will jump tall buildings and leap across ridiculous ravines in order to get there. And so I am not surprised to hear that some of our friends have bought the program because we're so hungry. We're so That's hungry right. goodness That's and right. for goodness. And, and, and also the thing is, lovely thing about the Quantum Leap Group, Deb, is that you've got people that want to lead change. They have uh, all come in that forum and they know that they have a purpose and they have a purpose, a really sacred purpose, of inviting change into this world so that all of us can start enjoying a happier existence. And and they're inviting a way of bringing solutions out so that people don't need to get stuck in the suffering, in the heartache, in the lack of love, 
in the sort of lack of inspiration and that sort of drudgery that hits people when they do get these curveballs that arrive at their doorstep. And so what I love about us in this Quantum Leap group is that every one of us wants to do our part in assisting for that revolution of change to happen. And that revolution of change is actually just one agenda. We're all wanting more love in the world. We're all wanting more kindness in the world. We're all wanting more inspiration in the world. And we're all wanting us to be able to live our gifts. So, like, we're all asking for the same thing. And we come at it in a slightly different way, depending on whatever journey we've been on. And we're using different tools and and that's where our juice comes from. I mean, I would never have guessed that being a chief executive in a corporate world, running a company with 3,500 people, that really my ultimate mission was going to be about sharing ways to empower people, not through leadership outside of you, which is what, how I grew and what I was trained in, but inspiring people to actually make the change within. As Michael Jackson said, you know, the man in the mirror is the first person you've got to start with. But we don't necessarily have the tools that make that radical change inside. But once the change starts happening inside for us, it's guaranteed to have a ripple effect around us. With me, my three children, you know, they have had such a marvelous start in their life because they've been given strength within that they would not have been able to access had I had not fallen into the hands of this technique so young in their lives. And now, as a mother, these children are being empowered, and they look at some of the adults around them and go, why are these people needing to suffer? There's answers. They can use this. But because they came into it at such a young age, they don't need to get hurt as much en route. And that really is where a lot of my joy comes in, is like, I went into the corporate world, and I'm taking this into the corporate world too, but simultaneously I'm taking it into homes and into the lives of families and into the lives of mothers that empower so much of what happens for the next generation so that they can come into this world knowing that all the answers are in their fingertips and they never need to feel like they're a victim or helpless. Mm. So let me ask you a really huge question. You Mm -hmm. talked about the beginning of this, Mm -hmm. about the reality of the love that you have for your mom and the ways in which you were inspired as a child to want to be a caregiver and Mm -hmm. to love. Has she Mm -hmm. been able to by this? Sorry, say, say that again. Has your mother been able to have been helped by this? My mum actually had a session with this um, when she came to visit because she lives in England. Mm-hmm. And and her illness only... Basically what happened with her was when she gave birth to me, she, she, gave, she actually got an illness that's very, very rare where your legs expand disproportionately to the size of the rest of your body. Mm. And it's an illness that doesn't have a cure. Mm. And so what happens is your capacity to be mobile in the world um, is is a thorn. So for, for, for a long time, she was in a lot of pain with her knees and a lot of pain with her walking. And because her legs are so heavy, no surgeon would assist her mm. because 
there was too much mass to put asleep. Mm. And it's not too much relative to a lot of people really in the world, but at that time it was perceived to be too much, right? Eventually we found a surgeon that was happy to do the surgery and they, they did the knee surgery and she healed through that and very fortunately she came away without any pain. Um, but it doesn't mean to say that her body still isn't big and it doesn't mean to say that her legs are still not big. And when she experienced this technique, what happened was she got an insight as to why that had happened to her in the first place. Mm. So that instead of actually having a sense that the legs are a, are a nuisance and a difficulty, she started to embody another attitude that says, I can care for them, I can nurse them, I can look after them. And a lot of self-love started to get directed back into her legs because there was an acceptance of how that illness originally manifested. And so in her case, what happened was she automatically started to embody more love. She's a lot more distant from me because um, she lives in England. And if I had had the chance and she had stayed here, I would have happily ended up working, like helping to her to work with this more and more. But what happens is, Deb, I was sharing with you, this technique also invites us to look at aspects of our shadow personality. And for some people, that is tough. Oh, yeah. Right? Because, Absolutely. Because we get scared thinking that that labels us in a certain light. And the truth is, all of us have a shadow personality, and all of us are destined to transform it. So each person that gets invited to work with this technique goes as deep as they feel comfortable with tackling their shadow side. And the deeper we go, the more light we bring to the world and more light we bring to ourselves. But in order to go deeper, we need more courage. So what happens is I've seen people come and use a technique and they've used it once. They've corrected something in their life. They're very content with what they've corrected and they don't do any more. I've seen other people that come in and they've corrected something in their life and their thirst and their hunger become so strong that they just keep diving deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's that core group that became the 11 people that were trained with Matters Help at the beginning of this year and are continuing to be trained too in further levels. We're going to be doing more work with family groups as well later. Um, so it depends. So yes, my mother has experienced this technique, and yes, she did get great benefit from it. And no, she hasn't continued with the work because that one-time opportunity was what she, what her soul chose. Yeah, it's really and and really, if you're living next door to somebody, it's a whole different game. So that you can continue to educate them and teach them, guide them on that path. And when when that's interrupted somehow, that really changes everything. And, and it's understandable because we get scared, we get busy with other things, 
we get hesitant. There's so many reasons why things fall off, right? That's right. And also we have to remember that like each person has responsibility for themselves. Mm-hmm. So you and I are talking right now. You're taking responsibility for the work that you're sharing. I'm taking responsibility for the work that I'm sharing. But anybody that's listening to us in this conversation will take responsibility for their life to the extent that they want to. And true kindness and true compassion doesn't force anything on anyone. Because what it says is it says, I respect that what you're doing and where you're at in your journey and the tools that you're going to use and the options that you're going to employ are sacred to you. And that has to be the central thing that we hold on to when we're interacting with anybody. So I love it when people come forward and say, yes, I want to try this. And I love it when people stay with it and go further and deeper with it. But I also totally understand when somebody says, okay, that's enough for me, or no, thank you. Because right. that's their, that's their, that, it's their responsibility to make that choice. And that's central to our integrity. Because that's what we are as human beings. There's so much diversity, but that's what we are as human beings. We make our choices. And I love the fact that you get to a space with this work where you just go, okay, everything's brilliant the way it is. And whoever comes yeah. forward is great, and whoever doesn't, that's fine too. Because we're not here as preachers trying to force anything on anybody. We're just inviting people to open up to new options and new things that they may not have understood were available so that they can get a taste of it and then from that taste experience whether they want more. You know the other the other part of this that I that I really love is that you're expressing the reality of a readiness factor. Yes, totally. Yeah, and that that is so important. We can't leapfrog life. We have to be at the place of readiness to receive to be able to comprehend what the offering even is. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Your words are absolutely immaculate in actually expressing that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and it can be it can be heartbreaking because we want to save our most precious people, <laughs> the people yeah. who are really so vital to us, and it That's and right. it can be so so hard because if they're not ready, and for us as children, and my parents are no longer with us, but I know that as as the loving daughter, I wanted to do all kinds of things to heal my mom and dad. And yes. some of it, quite frankly, is just not our place. Yes, and that's that, right. I, yeah, and that's why I said I had a big question to ask you because yeah. that is a question. I appreciate your loving loving, genteel response. I really do. It's honorable of you to have allowed me to do that. Yeah, and and it's my pleasure. And also, when you're sharing something like that, you said that sometimes it's not our place. There's also another aspect in this. When we are doing our own work, especially from my own case, a lot has happened where I've cut the generational the generational patterns. 
because mm. the technique allows you to actually cut the chain for those prior to you and those beyond you because that's how profound this is. So there's a lot of peace that I have too, Deb, that comes out of the fact that me doing my work actually in many ways has helped the generations that are going to come beyond me and the people that have come before me because as a conduit, I'm breaking certain patterns that won't move forward, that were in my cell structure, and they can't move forward now because I've broken them. And at the same time, I've cut the chain to how they grew in the first place. And so the people prior to me also get that benefit. So when we're working on ourselves, we also are working in multidimensional ways too, which is sometimes tough for the mind to comprehend. But the truth is, we're doing a lot of work just by taking responsibility for ourselves. And those that we love, we're automatically helping. Like I've seen patterns in me that were being picked up by my daughters. And the minute I break that pattern, if it wasn't healthy, the net result is my daughters are no longer doing it either. And it's mm. wild. And you go, whoa, wow, that's just stopped. But they no longer do it either because I cut it in me. Mm-hmm. That is wild. Yes. <laughs> and that's the miraculous nature of this, right? And when you witness this with your own eyes and you go, oh, my God, look at that. Yesterday this was happening and today it's not. And you know you've just undone that and you've just uncreated it because you had created it in the first place. Yeah. It's like a veil that gets lifted and it just suddenly changes. Yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. Yeah. So that helps too because then I always know that I'm I'm assisting people backwards and forwards <laughs> automatically um, just by virtue of what I've been doing for myself. Well, Kindy, this has been an amazing hour with you, and our time is coming to a close. So I want to reintroduce people to you as Kindy Gill, and I would like for you to tell people again what your Facebook page is that they can go to. Okay, so my Facebook page um, is my business, and that's called Spark Expansion. So that's S-P-A-R-K, Expansion. And um, you can find me on Facebook um, and you'll also find my, my own personal page there, which is Kindy Gill, too, which is kind with an I, and then Gill, G-I-L-L. So that's how they can mm-hmm. find me. And if anybody wants to chat with me, then they're very, very free to send me a message on Facebook or send me a message through email, etc. Yeah. Yeah, this has been absolutely fabulous. And, Kindy, you and I will definitely remain in contact. We will. <laughs> Are you going to be there in November, I guess, right? Um, I'm I'm anticipating that I will be, absolutely. Okay. Okay. And uh, I, would, I would hate to miss an opportunity to get together with all my favorite people. <laughs> That's so nice. Yeah, so hopefully I'll end up seeing you again face-to-face in November. But I see you anyway in spirit every day on Facebook with all the beautiful postings that you put on there too, Deb. So 
I'm really, really happy for you and all the amazing work that you're doing in, in building the strength inside people. Thank you. That, my friends, was my sweet friend, Kendi Gill, who was joining us for today's interview. And, you know, it's always amazing to me the ways in which we have so many people within our reach Sometimes it's a surprise and sometimes it's very intentional. So we've got so much to offer us. I invite you to not just listen to the interviews that I conduct here on Blog Talk Radio on the K-Factor, but to explore the guests that I bring on and then decide for yourself if they are people whose topics and work you'd like to dive into firsthand. Whatever it is that you do, my hope And my prayer and my intention for you is that you love yourself, that you really do focus on building your strength within, and that you are always and forever kind, so kind, first to your own self, to your spirit, your mind, your heart, your body. Because from there, you'll just extend it out everywhere. Friends, this is your host, Dr. Deb Carlin, the host of the K-Factor, where K equals kindness, and the factors are all the things that lead to it. Signing off for today. Bless you.